Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 51. So we'll be reviewing Hustlers and Bound. So Tawana, what are we drinking today? All right. So today is my favorite day. All right. For two reasons. Two? For one, Mm -hmm. it's National Drink Beer Day. All right. You drinking some beer? I'm drinking beer. Okay. And for two... The type of beer I'm drinking. Oh it's God. my favorite this, time of the year. This bitch loves some fall pumpkin beer. Pumpkin beer <laughs> season is back. Oh, my God. It's fall. <laughs> when the leaves drop, Yeah. so does the pumpkin. I hear you. I'm not with no fucking pumpkin coffee. You ain't with I'm not with spice. that pumpkin spice bullshit. I'm not feeling no Uggs and no fucking little uni- you know, infinity scarf shits. Oh, I like it. I mean, I like those on women I date, but I don't like them for myself. But anyway, (laughs) I'll say all that to say, we back. Okay. And so, usually what I do is, for all of you who have not been following us, if you're new to the podcast, around this season, I pick a bunch of pumpkin beers that I've been eagerly awaiting to try for the season. Okay. And I pick usually like two or three, and then we go from there. I'll let you know what I like, what I think, you know. So tell us, what's the name of this one? All right, so um, this year I'm drinking um, Pumpkinhead by, uh, by Shipyard. Um, Shipyard is, is established out of uh, Portland, Maine, but they brew it in Rochester, New York, okay. which is great, hometown, it's, it's near. So my thing is, pumpkin beers are... Simultaneously, the most beloved, unbeloved, beloved, beloved and and nice. most, I'm so excited. You are <laughs> most beloved she and most beaming, folks. Reviled. You can see her. I know, right? right? Okay, so <laughs> it's it's either beloved or it's reviled, right? Uh-huh. Um, sort of concoctions in the in the, in the in the pantheon of seasonal beers because there's a lot of seasonal beers. This one is my favorite. And so, so folks either really, really love them or they really, really hate them. And they do so with, like, great, great passion. So what I like to do is choose one out of them. And so Pumpkinhead, is, is, it's crisp and a little bit refreshing. Very crisp, though. Um, wheat ale, which is, it, it has, it has mm, okay, so I'll say this. It's crisp. Uh, wheat ale. Don't smell a ton of aromatics, and it's got a bit of a subtle spice flavor. Um, I mean, a- according to Shipyard, they say, you know, to celebrate the full season, we enhance the pump- pumpkin flavor with a propriety blend of spices, which include cinnamon and nutmeg. I don't taste cinnamon and nutmeg at all. Um, definitely pumpkin, definitely a little vanilla. Um, I think also not quite as spicy. I mean, I think when you crack it, the aromatics are spicy. Okay. But I also feel like uh, this really needs to be chilled a bit, a bit more than than the average. And then I think really the the flavors start to rise to the surface. I mean, it's a decent beer. I like it for the most part. The white head is great, but it's very low retention. So like. Soon as you crack the bottle, it pours out and then it's gone. So if like if you're looking for like all those aromatics coming out of that head, it's not doing it. Um, little tangy, semi sweet. Not my favorite of the of the pumpkin brews. Not like slice of uh, pumpkin pie or uh, uh, what was the other one I really like? I really like Blue Moons. But anyway, I'll say all this to say. That's my offer for the pumpkin year. Okay. Check it out. I'm w- sure we're going to have more pumpkin before fall is over. Oh, I got at least two more in me. Right. Maybe maybe three. 
Okay. I'm going to sample a little bit of this. After yeah, this. you sample a little bit. It's not horrible. I mean, it's got a nice, it's got a nice crisp taste. Um, you know, I, I, I went for it to see what I can get out of it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 see, the thing is, is with pumpkin bees, I really like something a little more creamy. You know, I like I like something a little more creamy, a little more nutmeggy. Like I want to taste pumpkin, and th- instead this is sort of pumpkin flavored. It's not pumpkin. Like I don't feel like mm-hmm. it's got brewed with a hell of a lot of pumpkin. Okay. You know what I mean? But fuck it, go check it out. I'm sure it's everywhere, okay. especially in New York. Wow. Well, you had a whole lot to say about it. So. I had a lot. Well, I hope everyone enjoys it like you did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was okay. I said All a right. lot for a beer that you, I just liked. You did. I You're it was like, okay. okay, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I just fucked with it because it was an American wheat ale, and you know how I really like my Wheaties. Yeah, I got it. So, so Every, what are you drinking? Everybody eat your Wheaties, okay? That's right. So what are you drinking? Um, I'm having uh, David Nicholson Reserve bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's from Kentucky. Uh, of course. And they package themselves as extra age for a smoother, more full-bodied flavor this fine bourbon offers a distinct spicy taste with the character and quality that you expect from david nicholson uh brand what i have to say about it i do like it and it, it's uh heavier on the rye mm-hmm. as opposed to the wheat but i, I kind of like it in the way that it gives you all those bourbon those bourbon notes and those bourbon feels that you come to expect from a bourbon uh, when you first smell it, you get the caramel smell, the toffee, uh, gingerbread, a little bit of a pecan, as they, they always reference. But I think it's really cool in, in that way. They've been criticized for being a little thin, but what I think this, this bourbon does offer is, is that full bourbon taste that only comes from Kentucky. I've been trying to find that in other states, but in, in the last episode, we, we did a, a bourbon from um, South Carolina, but this one spoke to me as a bourbon it felt like a bourbon when i was tasting it and I'm, I'm having it you know in a cocktail today but i think that you know it's one of those kind of it gives you those full body notes that you want you definitely know it's been in a barrel and there's some corn involved in here even with the rye and it is a bourbon so i, I like it for those notes and i think that it would be good in like a, a manhattan an old-fashioned you could even do something with a little ginger beer and oh. to bring on the, and to talk about you know, the fall season, this would be great in, uh, like, a cider yes, or a, uh, Spice rum, apple maybe? juice. No, that's not. No, we can't, we can't mix I, rum. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking my shit. Yeah, they yeah. recommended mine would be good in a spice rum. Yeah, this would definitely be, you know, it's a good fall time drink. And like I said, it's, it's heavier on the ride. But I think that what makes it good is that it feels, it feels like a bourbon that you want to just kind of nestle with. You could sip it straight or neat you or just put a little bit of ice. That. But I, I'm enjoying it for sure, and I'm having it today. And uh, I think it's good. I would definitely recommend it. I'm going to put the link to it on the uh, website, on, um, I'm sorry, Facebook, so you'll be able to see it. But uh, once again, it's uh, quite tasty for today. And like I said, you can step it up and, and have like a Manhattan in honor of these movies that we're watching. Yeah, it's a little spicy. Mm-hmm, I like it. Definitely. I mean, what do you think? Sean, welcome to the yeah, show. Sean's Filling here. in. Hello, hello. How for you Chris. Doing? Hello, Sean. Sean has been here once before for all you filling fans. In. Yes. And I got kicked <laughs> off. Yeah, he, yeah, he's filling in for Alex today. It's okay. It was a hundred proof rebel yell. We forgive yeah, you. Yeah. I'm sure you guys called about three of the audio people before you got to me. <laughs> no. Uh, but you know, happy to be here. And I'm I'm glad Sean can join us today. He's Absolutely. also a podcaster. His his show is called uh, Ad Bros on Apple and um, SoundCloud. So be sure and check it out. Yeah, and I'll definitely. send a link to that on our Facebook page. For yeah, everybody. put it up on a... Yes, sir. Ad bros with a... Dollar sign. With a dollar sign. Yes. At the end. Like it. Okay. Got you, got you for sure. Let's do it. So, Bon, industry news. Yes. Well, you know, there have been a lot of things happening in industry news. I, I think that it's kind of interesting to see where, where the movie business is going. In the last few weeks, there's been a big fight between... Sony and Disney about what's going to happen with Spider-Man. So it's been decided that the new Spider-Man movie will be part of the Marvel Universe because initially it was going to be taken away. Right. And, and fans were all in an uproar that you know Spider-Man would suddenly not be a part of the Marvel Universe. Right. But what people need to understand is there's a big battle between all these different 
yeah, studios about who owns the rights to these Disney films and so on and so forth. But right? it will definitely be, they'll be working together. Sony and Disney will be working together in this latest film for Spider-Man. And so you'll obviously end up seeing him in other incarnations of Marvel films. But it's definitely going to happen. So look out for that. And, um, you know, just just know that when you see when you suddenly see characters disappear, there's a reason for it. It's not just about them not being popular or people just not interested. Right. Just like on Netflix, how all of the Marvel shows just went away. Yeah, well, but that's because of the, the that's buyout. proprietary. That, you know, with Disney and, and them now owning the rights and the privileges to all those characters. Right. So they will shut down a character for sure. And Disney's good for that. And because there's yeah. so much streaming going on there's going to be more because apple has a streaming service nbc is going to have a streaming service uh disney plus has a big streaming service that's coming and it's going to shut down a whole lot of things that you were normally going to see on your netflix and stuff like that so be mindful that you know we're gonna at some point there's going to be 10 different streaming services on everybody's devices and just in order to get but the fact is people are going to want them it's not going to be a situation where people aren't going to do it because if, if they pull the content away and you're used to watching it, there are going to be people who go, oh, I need to have this, I need to have that. I need that. Yeah, and that's I, choice. I'm a person who has multiple devices yeah, multiple to stream streaming. my shows, but I think that it's just one of those things where you actually, when you start comparing it, because you know, I'm a cord cutter and I, I haven't had cable in many years now. You're a slinger. Right, I like us. I like Sling, and I like using my Roku and my Apple TV devices because I want to watch what I want to watch. But I think that it also is going to become a, a situation of diminishing returns where we're tired of having so many services because at the end of the day, we're going to end up spending as much as we would have if we had cable. Not me. I'm picking and choosing. Right, but you're still going to pay for it. It's not going to be free. Right, I'm picking and choosing, but I'm only going to have a couple of you- streaming services versus having 10 of them i don't need 10 i know who i'm gonna watch and what i'm gonna do and i'll call it a day i'll be a slinger i'll have netflix i'll have a couple others and call it a day i'm not right. doing but once again i think people are going to make choices and this is what i'm saying it's, it's going to be cut down to a financial choice so there are going to be properties that are going to be left by the wayside but i have a question Mm-hmm. Did you plan this shirt you're wearing today? Oh, I'm wearing in, a Spider-Man in, shirt. In guys, of what you're speaking about? Because I just noticed you had actually, a Spider-Man shirt. Actually, I didn't, but that's one of the big big, big news items of the week. <laughs> and uh, also what, what Apple is going to be doing, they're going to actually start showing some of their films. Before they go into streaming, they're going to be broadcast, uh, distributed in theaters. Oh, they're going to try to do a Netflix? Yeah, they're going to literally do what Netflix was doing. But you know what? Apple is trash because they got like 11 uh, 11 original pieces of content. What the fuck is that? That's an afternoon. What are we going to do with 11 pieces? Well, listen, it's just just opening the door for more. If there's a snowstorm, we don't have nothing else to watch on Apple. It's opening the door for more because they're going to be doing films. Apple is trash. And they're getting big name artists. To I mean, be stick to your it. products. That's that's great. But they're being big. They have big name artists around it. So yeah, once again, but big name doesn't mean quality. No, it doesn't have to be quality. But the point is, they have a big name, and that's what people follow. Yeah, that, that's what people follow. So yeah. I, once again, as an Apple user, even though I don't use their phones, I believe in their products. But one yeah, yeah. one, one thing for sure, I think that they're they're trying to get they're trying to take over a marketplace in a different way. And they're gonna give Netflix, ultimately, they're gonna give Netflix a bang for their buck. I don't know and, about that. And Amazon too, because Amazon is But you know what, here's content. the things with these, these streaming platforms. Everyone has their own sort of niche. Mm-hmm. So Netflix was the was the big boss from the, from the jump, right? Mm-hmm. And they started with their original content and they had a lot of rights to a lot of different films. Okay, great. And then you got Amazon, and Amazon does the same thing, but Amazon does not quite have the library that Netflix has without you having to pay additionally. And then there's Hulu, which has really sort of made their mark in TV. Yes, for sure. Um, and so they all pretty much have the niches, right, mm-hmm. per se. Um, and then everyone who comes after this, though, really, is really just sort of like nipping at their heels. So right. for me, I don't see a great deal of resistance because these three powerhouses ain't going anywhere. Right. Um, 
But Apple is also not going anywhere. Apple's not and, going anywhere. And but the Apple, thing about it, Apple's thing about products, it, what they're going to end up doing is they're going to negotiate deals with directors and studios. Right, and but so does Netflix where, already did that. This ain't new. Once again, it's about who you are, and right? Because they have. They have the it's connection with new. all the technology. It's not about being new. Yeah, but it's these about ideas how you aren't leverage yourself. These ideas aren't new, and they aren't really leveraging anything great because they don't have the substantialness to continue anything great. But once again, they have the marketplace, and they still run the marketplace when it comes to the phones. So right. because well, that's of their that, stuff. they can create whole levels of content that is just streamed on a phone. You don't even have to have it in your home. You could have it on your phone. If only if there is content that's streamed directly to iPhone users, they've got the marketplace right there. So right. it's but just, in how, a, I'm it's just in how you decide to leverage yourself. Not with 11 shows. That, but you, they're at 11 shows now. They're just 11 when shows Netflix now. When Netflix started, they didn't, they didn't have a whole bunch of shows right. either. They, they bought didn't have content. any original content. Right, that's my point. They didn't have point. any original content. Apple but is creating original content from the beginning. Have you seen they're Apple shows? From that. Have you seen their content? The I don't content have an Apple already phone. You don't need an Apple phone to I'm have I'm not buying into that. So I don't you, I don't support you, their service you could, other than you could, their but you don't I, need that. Apple TV. The trailers are on YouTube. You don't yes. need that. And but I've seen those and they're getting ready to blow trash. that out. They're but fucking it's not, trash. Because I'm actually trash. interested in the um the newsroom show with um Reese Witherspoon. I'm interested but it's in that. Something new. It's been done go. before. They've it's all like, been, I'm, everything I'm looking, we are watching has been done before. Of course everything we're no watching has been done before. But what I'm saying is even the way they are doing it is not new. Yeah. Like they're still kind of doing it off of an archetype that someone else has already done. It's that's not about be the case, though. that's always the case. But okay, so there's nothing new original, right? There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do, but how it's done. That's the saying. They're doing it the same way someone else has already d- done it. So if you take there's only five stories in the world, four stories in the world. If you take those stories and you do it a different way, that's what makes your content original. What I'm saying is I'm noticing their trend seems to be that they are following the archetype of another person who has already um, sort of originated the idea. Good luck to them. I get all of that. But once again, it's all about what gets stripped away. Look at the fact that NBC, Disney are all stripping all their content away from Netflix. Yeah, so if you CBS have, did if you the have, same thing, and they've not had you, success at that. But it's still going, and people are still watching their content because CBS All Access is still popping. So the thing yeah, is, we have a situation of, it, but it is because people are watching it. Pop, but you watching can't get it, it anywhere else. Popping. But you can't get it anywhere else. So people right. are going to tune into that. Right. So you're still going to lose people. But the point is, we have so much variety of all these different services, and there's more every day. Look at Shutter and how we were trying to watch that horror. That creep show thing just the other night. Yeah, but we're having to find. We're having to find the content that we're looking for. But once once again, it's out there. And how we were searching for Bound, and we found Bound yeah. in two different streaming services. I like five. But the point is, it's there. So, right. but it's not everywhere. But it is there. So once again, these are all things that are going to be a factor to people's entertainment choices. Right. Whether you're going to a theater to see something whether you're watching something on your phone or however you're going to ingest this information or this content, it's going to be a factor. I mean, it sounds like piracy is going to make its way back. Oh, yeah, it will. Piracy is here. Lime wire back in the day. This is opening the door for all of that. Um, Just one thing I wanted to add to what you guys were saying. Um, I I also feel like it'll come down to the package you get from these services because um, my – uh, League of Gentle- Extraordinary Gentlemen on our podcast kind of dabbled into this topic a little bit. And I think the one thing you get from Disney is you get a package of Hulu and ESPN, and it's cheaper than Netflix. And then the second thing that Disney has that none of these products, ha- um, these stri- services have, are um, products. And by products, I mean they have toys, they have. Um, they have, they basically have the show and then they have toys for kids and they have all these chopskis and stuff right, they can sell. Items. Um, oh, yeah, where, and I feel like Netflix doesn't have that. Apple does have their devices, so they could kind of compete a little bit. Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, you get, you know, with Prime, you get the, some of these shows. So I feel like it'll be a factor of how much it costs and what other, what else can you do for me right. with your service. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I feel like Netflix needs to kind of do something because they do have um, a lot of great content, but 
what else do you get with your Netflix subscription? Right, right, right. Like, do well, you maybe get, they'll partner know? with somebody. But here's the thing with Hulu. Hulu has partnered with everybody from fucking Sprint to fucking Disney to fucking this person and that person. I got Spotify and I got Hulu for free. I already got Hulu, homie. Like, yeah. and if I go to T-Mobile, I get the Hulu. It's like Hulu is 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 a slut. She's selling herself <laughs> out. Like she's everywhere. But she getting the money though. No, 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 no yeah, doubt. Make your money how money. you make it. No, no, you know, sex working is sex work. But you know, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it's a legal job. I mean, it's not a legal job in New York, but it's a real job. So like, if you want to sell it, sell it. But I'm just saying right. that the case in point is this: like Hulu is spread everywhere. But I think the thing with Hulu is they don't have. From my knowledge, they don't have a lot of original content, so I no, think yeah, they, they benefit from being a partner oh, yeah. with someone else, right, like coming up, being you know, they're being the sidecar that comes with the motorcycle. Oh, like, they might not be the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I mean, it's true yeah. though, right? Facts. How many places you seen Hulu be a part of something? A lot. I think Hulu is a part of uh, what's what's that what's that cheap phone service? Metro. Is it? Yeah, oh, wow. I think you get it with Damn. that too. So it's like, damn, that's $35 a month. All right, Hulu, you got to uh, calm it down a little bit. That's what I'm saying. Hulu is spreading herself thin. Anyway, what else you got? <laughs> what else you, you got? I'm any sorry, other industry news? Um, that was it for me in my industry news. I just think that we just need to kind of be mindful because things are changing in the industry. Right. And I think that it's going to impact a whole lot of things. It's not just going to be... Um, certain services and devices and things like that. It's, it's going to proliferate across multiple industries. And, and ultimately, I think it's going to affect the box office because people are going to stay home and mm, watch a lot of I think of people content. are never going to really stay home because I thought that would happen when they when they started doing all these services with the, the movie services. I thought when they would ratchet up the price of popcorn and that wouldn't happen. I thought all the digital shit... We shut it down, but it's like people still want to go to movies. It's well, you want to go to movies and see big things, but I also yeah. know people who will wait for a movie. Oh yeah, they of will course. wait for a movie to come on HBO, Netflix, of course. And all these some, other some people, some people do, but I, I, I just and feel at, like at, as I get mad every time I go to a theater and I spend six fucking dollars for a soda. Well, I'm you actually make that pissed choice. off about that. And 25 for the ticket. You right. make and, that choice. You know, 25 for the ticket. You got AMC, But you're still paying for it. We're paying monthly for it. We're just yeah. not paying out of pocket at the time. You pay for but it, we're but we're still paying. We get we get way more than our worth. I don't, I, But I don't eat any of that shit. So, so don't I'm not eat it. it. That's a choice. Don't buy it. That's a choice. Don't but buy it. Once again, it people costs are too still, much. But people are there still buying it. There is no reason it. for some cheap-ass popcorn I agree. that costs 15 bucks. I agree, but people are buying it. People come they're in stupid. with the buckets. There is no reason for it. There yeah. is no reason for a, a $2. It's, it's just not, not stopping even. people from going to the movies. That's, that was my point. But you do know these stupid... Yeah, movies are pretty pricey nowadays. Right. It, it, movies are very pricey. I've been on a couple of... I've been on date nights, and I'm like, whoa. Like, I mean, and you spent 100 bucks. It, it used to yeah. be a movie date wasn't that bad. Now it's like now it's like movie and dinner is poof. Yeah, enjoy that popcorn. You yes, spend a hundred yes. bucks, and I'm like, well, what did I get from it? And half the times the movies are shitty. So it's like, well, am I going through all of that to get a shitty movie well, that's because why. they're trying to provide us with an experience? Yeah. Okay, my seats lounge back and all this bullshit, but yeah. what that's am what I really with. getting when I when I'm paying all this money? Because right. is the money going to the studios? Is the money because the money's certainly not going to the actors? So where is the money really going? I think people will stop going to movies if you if you kind of cut the habit off because it start like for me I always loved going to movies because yeah. my dad used to take me. Me right. too. So for my me, dad used to take it's me like it's, it's an like yeah, and it, and it's also nostalgic for me because right. I'm like even if it's a shitty movie, I'm like wow, like I, I still want to come right. get there early, get my mm-hmm. seat in the middle, get right. your popcorn, mm-hmm. and, like, right, right. and watch the previews. I hate when I miss the previews. Yeah, right, but right, like. Right. To everybody, your point. everybody wants that experience, but it's just like, well, how much do we have to pay for that experience? Oh my god! I mean, I, I've well, been trying to hit matinees because a lot. guess what? I mean, we have AMC um, A list, so it really it costs us what? Like now, I think they raise it now. It's like twenty four bucks a month, mm-hmm. but you can see all the movies you want really because you see three to four movies a week. I mean, if you want to really think about it, you get three a week, but they re up every Friday. So if you started watching movies on Monday, you could still see good. Yeah. four movies that week, and you could see any category, any format, any, as long as it's just an AMC theater. Mm. So I mean, for me, it's worth it. I don't buy stuff there too much. Sometimes I do. You get a little five dollar thing here and there. I don't sweat it. Go to I, CVS I and get you get it. the same candy yeah, for like just two bucks. Sneak your shit in. 
They've been really calm with that lately. Yeah, because they want you to come. But the thing is, is like, you know, the value to me is how many times I can go to the movie. Mm. Because quite honestly, I like to go to Dolby Cinema. Dolby Cinema is like a $30 ticket. That's less than the price I'm paying a month for yeah. this service. And that's so what it's a makes great it worth deal. It. That's what makes it worth it. And, and it on it. Tuesdays, I could take a date for $5 additional. Oh, so if I'm, I'm only paying $5 for so, my date, for me, that works. So basically, we all got to think. Let's just all go to the movies on Tuesday. When did Tuesday become a thing? Because I, I remember every because, every theater is It's because the, the, the crowd is less on Tuesday. They're trying to bring up the money on Tuesday. Because uh, well, there's not a lot of people in the, in the theater. Well, also, the film, the theater changes every Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, so gotcha. all this, all they the want to mo- get that hit before it's over. All the, all the showtimes change, and they're preparing for Friday. Yeah. Got it, got it. That so. makes sense. But um, So we'll get back to uh, industry rules right quick. So my industry news is... Um, there's a couple of reimaginings in the works. Not sure how I feel about that one hundred percent. Already, I already know I'm gonna die. Issa Rae is reimagining. Listen, some people really feel a way about this movie. I thought it was okay. I think my sister, I, her and I went to see it in the movies, and this chick like cried like she was at a funeral. It was crazy. So I will set it off. Yes. So they. Oh my god. Issa Rae is reimagining set it off, and here's the worst part. There's even a possibility that she'll star in it as well. She don't need to be in the movie. That's who, Cleo? They like who you gonna play? I can't take her seriously as a serious like in a serious role. I'm not saying she's not capable of it because she's an actress and whatever, and she's a comedian in that, which means you know she she's got a little bit of a darkness. Well, to she her. was also in the Hate You Give as a lawyer. Yeah, but still, that, I, I, it that, was hard to take it. I saw it that it was hard, hard to take, take it seriously. seriously. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no. So I don't know. I'm just so used to her being secure in her comedy roles. I'm just, yeah, I'm used to her being silly. And and fine, there are some comics that really so can go dark. So silly? No. Yeah, comedy is very silly. Oh, okay. Comedy can be silly. You think comedy is silly. Well, I just, just disconnect from it anyway. Right, but Insecure is a very good show, and they yeah, have, like they have levels, and they can get deep, but her being in Set It Off, Set It Off is kind of a... Female version of Boys in the Hood, you know, it's kind of mm. like you know. I never looked at it that for way. For people trying to struggle in America, in society, poverty, crime, yeah, you know, trauma. Touched a little bit on police. Uh, right, right, right. All um, of that. That's the way yeah, the trauma comes. Gun in. control. Yeah. All that. <laughs> so you know, pull all that together, and then so that to me, that's always been what it really is. Um, and so I don't know where I would put her. I really hope she would not be playing fucking, um, what's her name, Jada's part. But uh, <laughs> oh God. and I definitely don't want her to play Kuma Tifa either. Well, but that would never happen in the first place. <laughs> I don't need her to do that. It would either. be what's the name that? What's the? Girl but we'll name? see. What's the old lady's name? Uh, Vivica. It'd be her part. I I don't know. But and, and either way, there were a couple other parts she could play too. But. I'm not interested. I'm not really excited about it. I mean, they did do a play, too. Are they going to have a good... Because the one thing I always like about movies like that, they always had a great soundtrack. Did like, I'm I think sure. they had that En Vogue song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one thing that sometimes... Don't let go. Yeah. They had that other one. Is it Boys the Men? Yeah. Um... Well, there's, you know the thing about it. There's, there's so always potential. Sister, and like I said, it's going to bring out... It's gonna bring out some new actors and actresses. That's what I was gonna say. That might be. I'm a good hoping part about if they do, do reimagine it, they will mm-hmm. pick some really good people who have either done a couple good things and we're looking to see them grow, or right. they're just new out of the gate and they're fantastic. Yeah. So I'm hoping for that. So the yeah. second remake or reimagining is the craft. Yes. <laughs> I like the fucking craft. The craft is such a great movie. I really like it, and I'm it, scared and it's of what a they're great. I think it's it was great for its time yes. and the way it did it and and female driven and focused and I hope they don't fuck it. And up. you know what? It still works today. I, it I still watched works. it a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, it's a rewatchable film. And it still it still works the way that Lost Boys does. Right, and, right. Because I watched that also, and I think that as we as we move into Halloween and in the fall season, right. I want people to. To look back at those because I'm of the mindset that we don't need to reboot everything because there's also a reboot in talks for 
New Jack City. And oh. I'm, I'm very upset about Rock that. Rock a pie, baby. I'm I very can't, upset about You can't replace Vanessa Williams. I just, I just told somebody the other day, man, it's just business. Right. It's not personal. Right. It I, is personal, I literally, though. I had what a they, whole... As, as you wear a CB4 hat, what if they read this CB4, right. man? I'd be tight. Well, that, that would be relevant, though. No, but still. I feel like New Jack City, to me, sorry, Vaughn, I was just going to say, it was... It was yeah, great was for the time because of the crack, the crack epidemic, crack right. yeah. the the way they the Carter, the hood. Yes. I feel like yes. to to replicate that, you'd have to take it out of New York. Right, you'd have to, to move it somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And that's my thing. Like, what would, would this story be, be about? Because it's not going to be about crack. I don't know. So I just don't want the them to do about? it. Don't do opioids. Let it no, no fuck opioids. I'm sorry. I don't need to see the story about Becky and Todd. Yeah, because that's who it's gonna be about. It's not gonna be about anybody of color. Who gonna be Nino Brown? Who gonna be Nino? Who gonna be Nino Brown? Who's gonna do that? So my point is, there is no one. Can we just have it? Can we just have it? What we what we (laughs) had? I'm trying to think of who could do it. Can we just have the movie for what we had? We don't need to reboot that. Right. So, I mean, this is a classic. Let's keep it that way. Really quick. When they do these reimaginings, um, do you expect them to use kind of like the climate of what's going on today? Like, do you I mean, think they have to be safe with certain essentially, things? Essentially, because if, I would it's, hope so. if they're reimagining it, which means they can completely change the story. Yeah. If they're just remaking it, they would have to stick to this, the sort of tenets of what the original was. So I guess reimagining gives them the license to fuck it up. Right. Yeah. But then <laughs> yeah. also, would we want to see a reboot I don't of, a, see a of reboot. the movie that Nino we already Brown saw? Nino Brown is Nino Brown. Like, what do we... Make five out, make right. change out of Sit your five Sit your five dollars right. down before right. I make change. You would can't people, change those would lines. Would people want to hear that now? Because there's a whole generation of people who did not know the movie. Right. And I understand and that. And who don't care about being their brother's keeper. But they don't. They oh, don't, man. They won't understand <laughs> it. It's a different generation. Different generation. You know what I mean? And the music and all the. Because like you said, the all are, these movies had great music. Right. Because yeah. the Z's New are Jack not going to know. Like millennials know about this, but the Z's don't know about it. Right. And they don't give a shit. And they don't give a shit. So it's like, well. That's a different w- Why do them. this? And the millennials are just sort of eking out of it. Right. So I'm, I'm Hollywood. Just please don't fuck let it your up. writers write. I will say this: the one thing I'm very excited for is Clemency with Alfre Woodward. Yeah, that looks good. I am very excited about that. That mm. is, and so that's it for my movie news, <laughs> my industry news. Thank you. Okay, so do you want to start it off? So we're gonna talk about. We'll start let's start about hustlers. With hustlers. Let's jump in. And and my other baby mom. No, stop. Um, <laughs> Listen, you calm it down. J Lo's like fifty years old on a screen on a rooftop. She's forty-seven, rocking it like I think she's fifty. Good. Actually, she, she just turned fifty. No, I think she's fifty. Yeah. Yeah, she, she just, just turned, turned 50. fifty. Well, good for her. Yeah, 16, Shouts to sixty-nine. She just turned fifty. Fuck A Rod. He don't deserve her. Well. I'm happy for like him. I really wish that Diddy's uh, situation would have panned oh out. My nah, God. She would have never made it. it. Can you imagine? She I, I still it. believe Diddy is the love of her life, though, in a weird it. way. In a weird black and I, Latina man. Right. I, I think I mean, that's, that's real New York. That's real New York. That's real New York all day. I think Diddy is the love of her life, and they had a certain kind of energy during that period. Yeah. That's when she was J Lo from the block, but she was also J Lo from the block in this film, directed by Lorenz Scarfaria. based off a viral New York magazine article. Um, Hustlers follows a crew of savvy former strip club employees. <laughs> That's a great way to place yeah, it. Yes, so who, nice. <laughs> who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. Mm-hmm. Starring J-Lo, Constance Wu, Julia Stiles. Uh, can't forget Cardi. Can't forget Cardi B. Lizzo, Kiki Palmer. Yes. You know, and so on and so forth. Um, you want to start it off? Um, okay. I I enjoyed this movie as it, as on, did I. on multiple levels because, one, I think J-Lo is fire. And shout yes. out to J-Lo because she's going to be in the Super Bowl for 20, uh, 2020. She will be in the Super Bowl with Sakura. But I think that, and I haven't watched football in two years because I am boycotting with Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. So the point is, I think that what J-Lo brought to this was that, that energy that only that she fire. could do. Because she, she, she carried it. She had. She carried she, this from her she back. She owned it in in a way that 
one I didn't I have not seen because she's been doing so many romantic comedies. And I wish she'd get off that shit. She's been laying in the romantic comedy lane for a minute. And she she works that because there she are some of those that. that I really enjoy. But like, come on, enough but was crazy. Like, she brought do something some, more. She edgy. brought some edge, more and edge. we haven't seen that. Yes. in that way since enough or Selena, which right. was her birth, her first big blowout as an actress. So I'm 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 happy for her, and not to, not to discount her TV work because she was good on her TV series. Oh, too. she had that she had that yeah. cop show, and she was good in that. She was but sexy. In that. I have to give her credit for that because. People sleep on she. People sleep on the fly girl because she came from she in worked, living color. I will give her that. She right. worked her ass off to get right. here. She's come a long way from all her work as a choreographer and working with Janet Jackson. Shout out to Janet because right. there was a lot of homage to There's Janet a lot in of this film to Jay. and a lot of Janet music in the film. Um, but I, what I liked about her was was her performance was real and she wasn't pretending to not be from the Bronx. No, she was so Bronx because she us. represented that. Every second the, of the, the day, the juicy couture hoodie. Right. She just up that foot scene up when she was the walking leather, down the street. The leather leggings with right. her hand in her pockets <laughs> and her little tank top. She, I was like, she Jay gave us Lo. all that. And even when she was in her home on the Upper West Side or wherever she, her yeah. apartment was, she was still she was still J Lo. She was still a Puerto Rican mother, and yeah, she gave she that. And she she was a strong woman, and and there was. Everything about that from the beginning, and and the fact that she thought that, in in the, as the character, she was she saw that there was a potential to make money. Yeah. Why always be Her in the servitude? Spirit is great, right? In in the servitude of these men and in these clubs and 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 just not being a victim of the circumstance. She right. took she took advantage of the weakness of these people in this situation, right. and, and and it worked. And I liked how she did that. Um, I also, you know, I'm a big fan of Constance Wu. I've loved Constance Wu since Straight Constance Off the Boat. Constance Wu should never wear any heavy makeup ever again. I know you like her stripped down, but because I. Because she looks beautiful. She is a beautiful woman. Down. She's With a that makeup, woman. that cake on her face, she looked trash. It was, it wasn't a, it wasn't, it didn't enhance her. It, it was. Oh. But see, you, you missed. The proverbial boat on that. She, no, I got she it. gave us. She gave us. I got it. Because when you think about and and I'm going back to the strip club. When you think about how you because everybody in the strip club is is usually like an archetype of a different kind of woman that of you course. like. So you had you had the Spanish girl, you had the Asian girl, you had the fat girl, you had the hood girl, you had every girl represented in this club, right? And the, and Kiki Palmer. So Kiki Palmer, right, she, but she was, don't got a title. No, she's she's she was the black girl. Uh, she was non-existent. She was course. not. She was not the black girl that we're used to seeing in the strip club. Yeah. And Sean, when you go see it, please Whatever. go see it this weekend. She was. I, she I was think fucking, I'll check it out. She was fucking Angela Bassett in 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 what's got to do with it on fifty. What's love got to do with it on fifty. On fifty, that's what she was. I she mean, was, you gotta get inspiration from she somewhere. Was, no, she, she was channeling her. She was, she definitely channels Angela just, Bassett. I was like, damn, but that's I a think lot. that's. But I've always said that's her note, and I've seen her in some other. And B that's movies, what she does. In a, in some other B movies, right. I've seen her do a similar thing. Yeah. But I haven't liked that since Aquila and a B. I've never seen that, but the whole thing is... <laughs> that's how she started. I, whatever, but she was a little girl. I, whatever, yeah, exactly. But the whole thing is, I think that. This this movie, what stood out about this movie was the sisterhood, that bond that you saw within women. Yeah, they tried to, to really to really that play in. that up because yeah, they, they really did that well. And I think we're in an era of one, we're in an era of Me Too, where women are banding together and supporting each other. And I think this movie fits into that because they they took a time period, you know, in the early two thousands where the economy was crazy yeah. and and. And they had to fight for their own power, and I, what I, that's what I liked about the movie because they did that well, and they weren't they weren't judgmental because even in how they chose the men that right. they would take advantage of, they only went for the super power hitters. They didn't they didn't go for that low hanging fruit, which was very easy to do. They they jumped over the low hanging fruit and they went straight for the top people. Because it's, it's a Robin Hood story. Yeah, they went they went to rob the rich to give to the poor. Right, it's a Robin Hood story. You know what I mean? And I get yeah. it. You know, people are going to be upset, you know, that, oh, yes, they, they drug these dudes and they, um, you know, they took their money. But you know what? 
these dudes put themselves in that situation. In that situation. And this is this is actually based on a true story. I'm not really crying. Where, no. you know, men spent $5,000 a night in a strip club. Right. Okay, if, if you have $5,000 to spend in a strip club, you can certainly lose it. Yes. You know what I mean? Because you, you, you have the money to do it. And you didn't mind... You didn't mind throwing a couple of dollars at yeah. these chicks, you know, and whatever. And then when you took them in the in the, cool. in the in the private room, champagne and, room, right in the champagne room. Hello, shout out to all the champagne rooms shout around the Chris world. Rock. Exactly, yeah. shout out to Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Sean is rocking a CB4 hat, by the way, y'all. He is Chris Rock all day today. <laughs> Not only Christopher, he acknowledges his rock. Right there, you go. <laughs> I like that. There you go. But like I said, you know, I think you know. I, I understand it and I and I appreciate these women, you know, doing stuff for themselves. Cause you know what? Oh yeah, I never. It takes a it. lot to put yourself out there. It and, takes a lot. Listen, sex work is real work. Right. And they weren't selling. They were selling sex. I'm not saying they yeah. were pro- prostituting themselves. It's the idea but of sex. Right. Sex work is real work. I mean, if you want to break it down and think about how it affects people of marginalized cultures, like trans people who 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 have to work in those industries in some sense. Yep. Before before it became a place where they could actually get legal jobs, that that was their way to survive. You know, yep, shout out to Pose, shout out to you know, every single hard working trans person that has had to survive in this sort of state of life. But that's real work, and so is stripping. Stripping is part of sex work, and that is, in a sense, hard ass work. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and to be constantly—it's a workout on stage too. It's yeah, a workout it, on it, stage. It's a workout, and you've got to be physically fit, really. And you're objectified, and you're, you're objectified, and you're and you're mistreated, mistreated. And you're you're assaulted. A, you're you're an object from the very beginning. But I think that what what I liked about this movie is the turn on it, and how and they spin on its head. and how they turned it to their advantage and they made life better for themselves. Absolutely. You had characters who were paying off their family homes. Right. You had characters who were, you know, taking care of their kids and right. trying to do all those things. Right. Because that's real. What we don't see is is the fact that people are trying to survive out here. And I think right. it's it's cool that we got to see that. All right. Um, well, oh sorry. You know that okay. Um as a person who didn't see the movie but um, just hearing you guys talk about it, it does kind of remind me of other movies like um, like Striptease and yep. Players Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Players um, Club and, was and, another film. And yeah. Showgirls, and it's like Showgirls, yeah. if you go deeper than the dancing and the stripping, there's a there's actually a real message right. of like you well, said, people who had to like. What really did Diamond say in Players Club? Make that money, don't let that money make you girl. Right, that's right. true. <laughs> and that was that was basically J Lo's mantra, right. her character's mantra throughout the whole film. Well, she. She she had some issues with herself, but but uh, with in terms of the money, but ultimately that she, ultimately her initial premise was valid, yep. and her initial cause was good. Uh, as for me, I really I really did enjoy it. J Lo is crazy, sexy, cool, yes. and damn, she is fifty. When I tell you, if you see this movie or if you've seen this film, the rooftop scene at the very beginning of the film is my favorite movie scene okay. so far. <laughs> Ever or just for the year? Just right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I had that in my dreams a couple times. But <laughs> it was just an unbelievable, like, beautiful spot for J-Lo. Like, J-Lo was holding court in a lot of mm-hmm. the scenes. Yeah, she was. Constant woo did a good job being naive and, and ambiguous and ambitious in in yeah. in her role, um, I'm sorry, Kiki is non-existent at first, but ultimately fun in the film. Cardi is funny yes. and real and a total scene stealer. Yes, she in was. every scene she was in, she was at least in about four films, four uh, four films, sorry, four scenes. Yeah. And what while she started off all but one, being sort of insignificant in her role. Um, she ultimately steals the show in yeah. every scene she's in. My favorite scene was the the lap dance education. There's a lap dance education. I scene. love that with that her. That was really J-Lo. good because you know J Lo and Cardi are actually friends, and they they have a connection. You could feel that in the way they 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 rocked it mm-hmm. in that scene. It was so cool to me because I was like, look at those chicks. They 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 doing it because right. you know they. It was that moment when you realize these women. 
from New York doing right. their thing and they well, making you know, their money. We and all I know, like that. We all know Cardi is an ex-stripper. So Cardi seemed yeah, like she, she brought, was in, she brought our authenticity she, to She it. was in her wheelhouse. She she mm-hmm. was very authentic in this, and I think that's how she was able to really mm-hmm. still. Actually, I think Cardi is kind of a scene stiller in real life, too. Mm-hmm. But she just stole the scenes in these that yeah. she was in. And she did a good job. Yeah, so, I, I mean, kudos to her. I hope they give you some more work. Make it happen. Ultimately, I thought the film was really funny and yeah. creative and a bit of a fun rise. Definitely. Uh, stylized, hella transitions, jump cuts, montage in a way of cinematography and editing. The sound, the audio, the overdubbing, the narration, all that played an intricate part yeah, in why the film was also so much fun and interesting. Yeah. And you got the slickness of the city. It felt right. it felt New York. Yeah, it was totally stylized. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job. They obviously planned out this film very well. Mm-hmm. Um, much like um, Bound, which we're about to speak about in a minute. But, um, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to say it was, it was a four. I'm going to give it a solid four. It was fun. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a four. Yeah. I'm actually going to give it a four and a half because of, all the Janet references and everything. Oh yeah, knows plus so the Janet I references. Love Janet. Janet, Janet was some, my first some love. Some fun movies. There were some fun moments in the movie and, right. and I think that, you know, it and it was multi generational in the movie because you had the older grandmother and then the, all the other women uh, in the movie. Yeah. And I liked that because you got to see everybody Mercedes together. Mercedes Rule was in right. it. It was there was a whole thing. It was definitely that. And you know, I, we don't see enough of that now and I like that about a movie. Yeah, so four all around. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move on to the very next film. Bound. Bound, directed by, let's be respectful, the Warchowski sisters. Yes. Um, both Lana and Lily are are um, transgendered, and so they are now women. Great. Um, as we once knew them, um, as men once before, so we'll be respectful and make sure we acknowledge them Yes. Uh, which is really interesting that when they were men, I would under, I couldn't understand how two men could make this type of a uh, women-driven, centered film, and get it right. It didn't feel like they 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 um, were speaking from a male point of view in terms of making this film. I felt like they were actually listening. They were actually portraying them properly, um, and it, it felt like a good piece. And that was back in 96. 96. Okay, well, let me just talk a little bit about Hold on, hold on. Before you go, let's let's do a synopsis. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. So the synopsis is uh, Corky, a lesbian ex, uh, formerly incarcerated hot person hired to work in an apartment as a plumber, meets uh, neighbor Caesar who um, basically launders money for the mafia with his girlfriend, Violet. And the two women start a love affair that uh, ends in quite a heist against the mob. Wow, you stumbled all over that. Girl. Stumbled all over that. I didn't want to say it, Con. I, I was just like, come on, I got I to gotta be a little PC. Like, but she was an ex-con. That's what she was. Yeah, but the, the term ain't ex-con anymore. It's, oh, well. it's formally incarcerated, like the exonerated five. Like, oh. Oh, God. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, okay. nah, you don't say ex-con anymore. It's wrong. Okay, it's wrong. It's like saying midget. So you be know? ready. You have to say little person. Or handicapped or crippled and all those things. Right. It's all wrong. All right, so the but thing But nigga about, is still acceptable. Oh, nigga's always going to be acceptable. Sorry, folks. It is. So be clear about that. Um, that's never going to change. Um, let me just talk about Bound a little bit. You know, the interesting thing about it, and like you said, Tawana, it's uh, from 1996. Yeah. And uh, and it still holds up. It definitely this does. Is like 20 because years it's, later? It's such a, visually, a visual experience, and it's categorized as part of the, the neo-noir movement that happened yeah. in the 90s. And um, But I think that what's interesting about it, they initially had a hard time finding actresses to play the role because they did, they couldn't find people who were willing to do it. Because well, it was a lesbian. To play the lesbian characters. And, and they, 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 they struggled to find well, somebody. Because this is essentially queer cinema as well. Right, because it, it, it was the new queer, it was part of the new queer cinema movement of the yeah. 90s. And, um, and shout out to that. But it was inspired by Billy, Billy Wilder, who created a lot of your newer films back in the day in the 40s. And it was filled with, you know, sex and violence. And, you know, you had your femme fatale, who was played by um, 
your girl, what's her name? I always mix that. Jennifer Tilly. Mm-hmm. She was very good in that. I, I, I like how she kind of, she does some things on camera. She has some subtle moments and, and some, some really cool times where, you know, she's just kind of like whispering, whispering some thoughts. Because she was that well, she woman. She speaks in a whisper. So right. She's yeah. always speaking in a whisper. She's always the, the almost innocent, childlike character. But you follow her every lead. The childlike. Men, I don't she know was that. childlike. I don't no, think no, so. she was childlike. Uh, she used not. her femininity, yeah, but, but that's it not almost childlike. no. But she did it in a childlike way. She was, she was, she portrayed herself. I would say herself. naive, but not no, childlike. No, but it wasn't. But it wasn't really naive. She was, she was childlike in how she whispered. She became this, this object for these men and for this woman. She, she. She presented herself in in not being threatening, but she had the, all the power over every person in this film. She she that's yeah, what made for her. Me, for me, that seems more like naivete. Childlike is a child. No, but it was there was there was a lot of when you talk she, about she pretends naivete, to be very innocent right, and, there and, was, and, and naive. Innocence is childlike. Yeah, but there's a there's a star, there's a stiff line. You got to be careful because this is a very sexualized film. So when you say childlike, it's almost like you're implying these guys are fucking a kid. You no, know? but but you know she I mean? was but she was she was innocent. And she then was also pure. her voice. She was young. She was never pure. Her voice is also her voice implies purity. But that's just because oh, she speaks with that voice. But whisper. we clearly know she wasn't pure. She right. was she, she was, was having a, sex with everybody. She in wasn't the movie. pure from the jump. The very <laughs> her entrance into the elevator, and she was checking homegirl out. Like right. from the jump, it was queer. So right. I was like, Hold but on. it was she. She learned how to maximize her sexuality. Of course she did. And and I think that that was what was interesting about the film at the yeah. time, and it still resonates now because these women in the film took advantage of an opportunity to make because it just like hustlers these women took advantage of an opportunity to make money yes. and to move forward in their lives and to change their lives because that was the same theme that was running through hustlers and that's why we're talking about it today because as Tawan and I were sitting around and we watch hustlers and we're trying to think what movie could pair really well with this film Bound just jumped out in both yeah, of our heads. We wanted a, a, a we wanted a stylized noirish female driven piece, right? That was sort of a crime drama. And it wasn't like Thelma and Louise and no. all that. It was it wasn't that kind of story. And also, this has a, this is also a queer cinema as a right. sub, sub subcategory right. of it. And I feel like there was always a queer element in in Hustlers too. Yeah, there that there, just they didn't really there delve definitely into. Definitely felt like a queer element in Hustlers. Also. I know J Lo's not gonna get naked, nor did I expect it. But for a film full of strippers, there was maybe two nude shots, tops, tops. Uh, not even. Dumb question. Yes. It took place in New York. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean. It was a New York film. New York. As a person who has done his research on New these York type of clubs, does top have? I was gonna say they don't do. Uh, they don't do bottom, yeah. but they do top. New York does. You could walk the streets. When was this? Ten years ago? Like the film takes place like ten years ago Mm, or early. Ten or twenty. But it doesn't even matter. New York's New York's law in terms of strip clubs is you can only be nude on the top. You can't be nude on the bottom. I don't expect them to be naked. I did expect. I haven't seen a lot of topless. It dep- yeah. yeah. the last time you've been in a strip club? It's been a while. Yeah. This. But you just don't. You don't see a, a lot few, of it. And I don't even care. And, I and I knew, but, but I knew that J Lo wasn't doing. That. I knew J Lo wasn't, and I, mean, I knew Constance yeah, yeah. I wasn't. But even like like the secondary chicks, there really wasn't. And I was shocked about that because really, then that makes it kind of a go go dancer. Like nobody in the background was. No, they had. No, they they no. had literally one scene where they would like. Pulling the okie doke on one dude, and the chick opened someone's sh- shirt, and then there was another one where they were all on stage, and there was this like one or two randos in the back. Lizzo mm. had like pasties on. On Cardi. some mesh outfit. Yeah, Cardi had pasties on. No one else. J Lo didn't even have pasties. She had a oh, no. tight outfit, and then one did, once she had like a bikini esque outfit, but it was all in the way. J-Lo presented herself yes. that made her sexy. Because, and she did a whole pole scene. Because the whole thing with J-Lo, and I'm sorry to skip out on Bound for a second, the whole thing with J-Lo, you did not care what J-Lo had on because if J-Lo had on a business suit sliding down the pole the way she did, it would have been just fine. Because J-Lo 
the camera ate J-Lo. It was yeah. just like, I'm, we're here for you, J-Lo. Yeah, she knows how to carry herself. And, it, and she does that. She did pull it off very well. And so, well, once again, so just to flip back a little bit, to talk about Bound, I think that what was interesting about it was, the, you know, how they took something, because they, they were very specific in how, and what from what I read about Bound, they actually had a, a, a sex education person to come in and speak to the ladies about how they I'm were gonna, sure. how they were gonna have the so it was the lesbian authentic. sex scene. They it was, wanted it to be real. They wanted it, it to feel authentic. real, yeah. but they also wanted the women to be comfortable in it. So they brought in an expert, uh, a woman who taught them how to do it, sex education, and yeah. how to be present in the scene. Yes. That's why it, it had so much energy because Tuan and I watched it together. Uh, just last night, literally, yeah. and it, it felt so authentic, and it's it felt true to people falling falling in love with each other, and not not only falling in love, but the sexual attraction that you would have with another person. Yeah, and I think that it was it was cool in that way, and it speaks to the power. And they they chose from that moment because I also felt like Jennifer Tilly's character knew from the minute she saw her that this woman was going to help her move past and to get out of the situation that she was in. Well, I think that I think that Jennifer Tilly's character Violet was planning was plotting from the very beginning Absolutely. to get the fuck out. She just needed somebody to help her. And I think there was a genuine attraction because yeah. they meet in an elevator. So I think there was a genuine attraction from the jump and they played that off really well too actually. That seemed very genuine, not overly sexualized. Um, and then their whole flirting seemed very genuine, um, and so on and so forth. And then as they unfold, it didn't, it wasn't sexualized in the way that it usually is when men portray women in love. Yeah. Or women, men and well, when men portray women in a sexual encounter, it wasn't objectified. Right. Um, and so what the Warchowskis did was was make sure they planned this very well so it wasn't inviting and immersive without being offensive mm -hmm. or standoffish or, or objectified. In any right. Way. Because at the end of the day, it was still a crime drama. And it was it, a crime drama. It was definitely a crime drama in and, and, and the fact that the women took, they took well, it was women-centered. They women took control yeah. over how the situation would play out. Yeah. And, and, and the men in, in, the, in the film... You know, you you had your typical mobster types. Yeah, yeah. But how that played out. Young Chris Maloney. And, uh, Joe and Joey, Joey Pants. He's amazing in this film. He's yeah. amazing in this film. Shout out to Chris Maloney from, you know. Uh, Law and Order. Law and Order. Who doesn't SVU know Law and Order? And Oz. Shout Oz out to him. And, and all his work. Underground and all the films he's been in. Yeah, he's shows. been in a lot of shows. So the thing is, it's just like. It was so cool and, and how stylized it was. Mm -hmm. The shots are beautiful. All those overhead shots that were really cool. Yeah. That David Fincher kind of look to it. Yeah. You know, it just it felt so real. And I, and I have to shout out to Michael Gillespie and, and the New School. And, and he, brought, he brought this film to my attention because it was part of our noir in the 90s class. And he hated the, the, the word um, um, noir new noir and all that kind of stuff because he mm. felt like noir is noir it's not it's not retro it's not new it's just what it was and this film was just beautiful in the fact that it paid an homage to once again i said billy wilder who right. was known for but his noir be, films. actually before billy wilder was ida lupino absolutely and ida lupino and several other people who are also considered to be queer mm -hmm. um who who uh created this sort of stylized mm -hmm. look and involved women-centered films, women-driven yes. pieces, and so. Um, and that's a very that's a very unknown secret in Hollywood of all the women who made well, quite such honestly, inroads. There is in a it. book that says it's called "Women Started Hollywood." Right. Because um, Mary, and Ida, and a few others were the ones that initially started it, and then right. they were then they were taken over by like the Warner Brothers and right. Paramount. And, 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 and so the studio system began. Right. And as, as the world usually does, and especially America, they try to hide our history. Of but course. these women are big, powerful influences. Big, powerful in influences. What I, I wanted to talk about the cinematography a bit. It's sure. uh, Bill Pope mm -hmm. is the uh, cinematographer. 
Uh, he actually is a cinematographer on um, The Matrix, Spider-Man 2, The Jungle Book, Bound, so on and so forth. He's done a tremendous amount of work. Um, really dig uh, Between the Wachowskis and Pope's collaboration. The look and the style of the film in general. Yes. The editing transitions, um, i.e., you know, the toilet to toilet transition uh, from yeah, apartment to nice. apartment, from apartment to apartment. Excuse me. The sound, the tone, the mood. We get everything from like. Um, Foley was crazy in this, right? Which is sound effects. Yeah. And so water droplets, heels across the floor, heavy breathing. Uh, in terms of the music, they had this very noirish crime jazz music jazz, yeah. playing in the background, which was very intriguing to the audience. Also very immersive, bringing them into the action a great deal. Um, uh, back to uh, lighting, cinematography, right? So color, lighting, texture, you know, hard shadows, which is very uh, present in noir, um, staircase scenes, like these old Hitchcock staircase scenes, and, um, these worn source lightings, you know, walking in and out of light, creating long shadows, you know, these sort of like key lights, which means one light behind you, highlighting your head, or one light in your face as everything else falls dark. It creates an ominous uh, atmosphere I mean, uh, cinema, Bill Pope did a lot with cinematography in terms of oblique angles, pans, foreground, background, uh, close-ups. I mean, pairs of lips, the two lips together, dancing in the darkness was beautiful between the two women. The close-up of the hands, coffee mugs, phone wires, faces, shots from above, shots from below, just heavily detailed in every single shot. Like the opening shot in the closet, if you've never seen this film, that shot alone blows you away. It's yeah. obvious that they built it, these it was scenes. Literally, the pan from the clothes, the, it, the shoes, yeah, the it goes, body on the floor. It drops down past everything mm -hmm. and into um, a person that's in the closet on the floor. And so, obviously, they, they took great, great steps to make this film. This was thoroughly thought out. Those sets were created because the scenes in the elevator, the scenes in the closet those could not be done without removable walls in which are ways we can expand our 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 shoot um yeah. our set to get better access all that mm -hmm. right to get better access and in, in those days um you didn't have these little tiny stabilizers these little tiny like um uh, uh, uh steady cams where you can move in and out of things i mean they have big giant ass steady cams moving on that right. big dollies big you know big giant cameras so Back then in 96, it quite wasn't quite accessible, so you could tell that every line, every detail was was thought after. Production design was amazing. Yeah, for sure. You know, like you said, lots of overhead shots. Um, this was a beautifully planned out, thought out film. The dialogue was, was, was amazing and deliberate. Right. Um, highly recommend this film if you have not seen yeah. it. Please look for it, and I think that you know what was cool to me was just, just the there were moments when, because Pope did some really crazy things. There was some moments like remember the fight when it wasn't even a fight. It was when when they went over to the apartment and were tearing the apartment up, and Jennifer Tilly was sitting on the floor, and mm -hmm. the light just cast upon her, yeah. and she was just sitting there watching Joe just rip that apartment up. Right. And I'm like, Caesar, he was Caesar in, in the film. Yes. But it was just so interesting how the, it was just a beautiful moment. Like, the camera could have just sat on her right. and not even moved to him destroying the apartment. Right. But it was just how beautiful she was lit and she how lit. the moment of Shadows. her just watching and, and not knowing what to do oh, yeah. next. Oh, and, yeah. and the connection between the women and all the shots from wall to wall. Right. The like she would place her too. hand on the wall on one side right. and the other hand would be on the other side. And right. you got to see all of that yeah. in the frame. And there was just, that's that's called filmmaking. And we that don't is really, filmmaking. we don't spend a lot in of time. In the 90s, in if I can recommend this, um, here in New York, BAM sometimes does like noir in the 90s, uh, black cinema in the 90s. The 90s was a special time. Yeah, when sure. auteurs, it was like the second wave of auteurs because the first wave was with Hitchcock and um, Peeping Tom and like all those um, 
sort of like waves and then you know there were like the Scorsese's and the Coppola's and and um um I'm missing some uh but there was that wave and then that was sort of 80s and then the 90s was when they reclaimed or tourship again and they were trying to make smaller films on smaller budgets but mm -hmm. still but still make it the way it used to be and so I think when we compare Fincher who is a director David Fincher and we compare the work of the Wachowskis and Pope, I think they were all speaking the same language, which is why it's very similar right. and, and take, because right. Seven was 95 and right. this was 96. And the thing about Fincher, he went into TV. Well, he went, yeah, he went Twin into TV. But he also that. had like a really great film career because he yeah. had like a Panic Room and right. he, had, he had a lot of other good pieces that, that really worked. I mean, he did Social Network, Gone Girl, Zodiac. So, I mean, a lot of his films. He's even done parts of Manhunter, which I see, which is an right. uh, original series on Netflix, mm -hmm. which I see his work in there. But, um, yeah, I think when you look in terms of, like, films from the 90s, you'll definitely see a trend. They were looking for originality, honesty, and, and, and old-school filmmaking. Right. But um, I'm going to give Bound a five. Yeah, Bound gets a five. Fly, sure. Bound gets a five all day. Highly recommend you jump into it dig it up i know it might be harder to find for some places but i think it's worth watching and i think when we talk about women and empowerment we, we get to see something in a different way absolutely absolutely i think and it's, and it's a woman's love story and there's it's a wrong with that it's a woman's love story i am a, i am a queer woman and i highly recommend it because love is love and this is not portrayed as just like oh it's gay women this is portrayed like this is a beautiful relationship between two women that just happened to happen in this crazy set of circumstances absolutely but um we're so glad you were here to listen to us people so um if you like this episode please be sure to like share and follow us on all our social media platforms that is facebook instagram twitter soundcloud and spotify um don't forget to use the hashtag that is bbm podcast once again that's bbm podcast and next episode, episode all about the Joker, 52. Yes, 52. We're going to do the Joker, and then we'll do some comparisons with the previous Jokers from other Batman films, like Absolutely. The Dark Knight and Heath and uh, Jack Nicholson and Absolutely. the original Batman with Michael Keaton. Yes. I mean, we think it's only right to compare and contrast. No Jared Leto? I don't know. We'll, I might talk a little bit about Jared. Like we, we might, but I think he was a different set of Joker. His perspective. But he was a Joker. He was a Joker. He so was a Joker. We, I'm gonna talk a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about him too. Awesome. We'll talk about him too. But um, thanks so much, Sean. Thank for you, Sean. Up. Showing out. We Shout out to Alex. You. We miss you. Get get back here. Get your shit together. Get, you, get your ass here. I'm over you. I'm gonna call <laughs> ice. No, let me stop. That's not funny. That <laughs> is not funny. <laughs> We're not calling ice on Alex. <laughs> That's not funny. That's not funny at all. I'm so sorry, Teddy. I'm just offended. Yeah. But fuck it. Anyway, we'll see you soon, thanks Alex. for coming. Thank you for having me. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.